I know you're gonna dig this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another fun-filled, fun-packed episode of Conversation About Dot Dot Dot. My name is Will, and today I get the honor and the privilege to talk to two awesome cosplayers in the cosplayer world who I don't know if you consider them just up-and-comers or they should be more than that because, I mean, some of the costumes and things I've seen them in and things like that, they should be doing their own lines and stuff. So I've got uh, Andrea Zura and Nightmage with me. So say hello, introduce yourselves. Ladies first. Hi, um, I'm Andrea Zura, aka Andy Serpenti. Um, I'm from the Youngstown, Ohio area. I've been cosplaying since I want to say, gosh, I forget, maybe 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. It's, you know, I lose track of things every now and then. Um, but uh, I basically got into cosplay because. I loved Halloween, and um, my brother actually took me to my first convention, and he's like, hey, you should wear your Harley Quinn costume from Halloween, because this is something people do, um, so I did, and I'm like, okay, you know, hoping I wouldn't be, like, the only person there in costume, and I wasn't. I got into the parking lot, and people were like, hey, let me, t- can I take your picture? Like, you look awesome, and, like, I'm like, okay you know like it was really um shocking um and then like when I got into the convention like for it was just like a little local convention I met a lot of really great people and I'm just like these people are awesome like I I feel like I belong here um so I kind of got a with it and going to a bunch of different conventions with this goofball and um met a lot of great people along the way and it's just a fun hobby to participate in let loose get rid of stress from my day job and okay. you know act like a kid i can deal with that yeah so nightmage how did you get into the world of uh cosplay well, you know what, all right first of all i have to ask because we didn't uh go through this in the beginning um is this recorded like video? So the video is primarily for myself to you, so we can interact. But as far as okay. actual audio, the podcast, and I think I put that in the message. It's an audio only podcast. All right, sweet. Because I'm totally not wearing pants, so I just want to throw that out. There. Okay, so we're aware of this. Okay, good deal. Good, right, right. <laughs> um, so no cosplay. Um, it kind of started with me. I, I, same thing with Andrea, it's Halloween. I think that's like primarily for a lot of cosplayers. Halloween is kind of like where we start. Yep. Um, always loved dressing up, always loved Halloween. And uh, one year I wanted to be John Stewart Green Lantern. And that wasn't really a costume that you could find at like Spirit Halloween or Walmart. So I very crudely um, had to sew it together. Um, and went out to the bars, had a blast, you know, doing bar crawls and Halloween parties. And a buddy of mine was doing a Relay for Life charity event. And so he said, hey, you got this awesome Green Lantern costume. Can you come by and just kind of mingle with everyone and then and, and just be a kind of a showpiece? So I did that and got invited to do another one 
and then another charity event and just kind of snowballed from there. So pretty much like all of 2013, that's all I was doing was charity events, um, community events, parades, birthday parties, um, hospital visits. And so I figured all right, I should probably have more than just Green Lantern. So I ended up making a Batman, I made a Captain America. Um, I bought a Spider-Man outfit and then I joined Facebook and I, I didn't know anything about cosplay or like conventions. I knew conventions happened. I always wanted to go to the convention. I knew cosplay kind of was a thing. Um, I knew people dressed up, but I just didn't know how like vast that world was. So once I joined Facebook, um, I started sharing some of the, you know, events I was doing and, you know, other cosplayers started friend requesting me and they're like, hey man, what, what conventions do you go to? Your costumes are awesome. I've never been to a convention. Uh -huh. So I went to my very first convention at the end of 2013. It was a Cincinnati Comic Expo. And I, want, I wore my Batman outfit. And as soon as I walked on the show floor, it was, it felt amazing. Like, I felt like I was with my people. Like, I, the very first person that came up to me was uh, Becca Ford. And she was wearing Robin. And we just kind of fangirled over each other because we, you know, we just looked awesome together. And so then we just, you know, we're talking and people just started coming up, taking our pictures. We stood there for about 45 minutes, just, just posing, taking pictures. And ever since that moment, I was hooked, absolutely hooked with this entire community. Um, and that's it. That That's that's my origin story with Casper. Okay. All right. And so we got Harley Quinn and John Stewart Green Lantern. So that's kind of the first initial pieces of these puzzles that that spawned you guys doing cosplay. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to say I'm at y'all's level. Like I said, the first cosplay I did was a Nick Fury cosplay. I went to oh, in Houston, and uh, a friend of mine had got me a big huge leather duster, and so like then it was like okay, so I went to the store, got an eye patch, got nice big black leather boots, and had a black shirt on with the shield emblem in the middle of it, and all this other stuff. And so I remember the weirdest thing about that was sitting there going, um, so I, you know, I sit there going through this whole thing and I was just like, hey, uh, I, if I don't step on any children, it'll be a good thing because I felt <laughs> like wearing an eye patch uh, was weird. Yeah. And then uh, it, it messes with your spectral vision. It does. Um. And so, yeah, like you're trying to wear a guy wear this eye patch. So you're looking like you're overcompensating. It is weird because I, you're moving around. So it's odd. I'll tell you what, it's, it's almost like it's a learning curve. So every time you do something new with cosplay, you learn something new. So the very first time I ever wore eye patch, exactly that exact same thing. You're kind of overcompensating. So you're like, oh my God, this is, you know, this is kind of weird. Um, the first time I wore contacts, same thing. Yeah. The first time I wore like big armor, same thing. This is the first time I wore big wings. Um, so every time you kind of do something new, yeah, you're kind of um, you're stepping into like a new realm, and and you're kind of you got to navigate whatever it is that your you know adversary you know adversity that that has. It's it's, it's awesome. I I love it. I love that thrill of yeah. you know. Like I said, the first time wearing some huge nine foot wings and I'm knocking kids in the head like as I turn, <laughs> you know, I love, I, I mean, I, I feel bad, but I love that because right. it's just, I don't know, it's, it's that learning curve. It's just that it's something new. It's something exciting. Yeah. 
And and I think too what's really interesting about like I never forget uh one of the there was a there was a little boy and his sister, and the little boy was cosplaying as Captain America and the sister was cosplaying as Thor. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, you know, they walked up and, like, the mom and dad wanted them, like, really bad to get a picture with me. And so they were like, okay. They said, hey, come on, Johnny. Come on, uh, Lorena. Let's go take a picture with Mr. Nick Fury over here. And so, of course, the little girl was just sitting in her back. They're like, ah. Uh-uh. Um, so she was just sitting there kind of holding the hammer. And then um, she didn't want to get out of the basket. And so, like, mom had asked her and she didn't move. And then dad had asked her and she didn't move. And I was like, you know, would you like to come take a picture of me? Like, okay. And she just jumps out of the wagon and like, bam, she's there right there ready to go. And so then they're like, what did you say? I don't know. I just asked. Like, I I can't explain. And so that was kind of the fun fun factor to that. And so um, it's inter- you're right, though. It is interesting trying to do this. I haven't tried as much as you guys have. I can say that. because I think my next few cosplays were like the Kool-Aid man. Because it was like I got the T-shirt and I was just like, I would, like I went to an anime con with a with a Kool Aid Man shirt. It's like the blue. It's the one I'm wearing now, but of course it's a lot less raggedy at the time. But uh, anyway, it I had like blue pair of sweats on and I had the shirt on. And I had like a pair of like white shoes. And so then I would walk around and people would talk to me. Oh, you must you gotta say it, you gotta say it. I'd be like, oh yeah. And so that's what that that was my whole gimmick the whole time. Right? Okay, I'm back. What did I miss? <laughs> so we've been talking about trying new things out uh, as it relates to like eye patches, wings, uh, whatever you do something in cosplay that you're not used to doing, and how you're dealing with compensating for that. Like I said, with an eye patch, uh, nightmares was talking about having a big pair of wings and trying not to knock kids over. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's fun um yeah sorry i was having some technical difficulties i don't know what's going on here but my computer decided it didn't want to be in zoom okay so, right. um where did I make it? oh there he is um <laughs> so getting back to I, there were puzzle pieces that was all i heard yeah just basically just try and Trying things and not and trying not trying to compensate, but at the same time not trying to compensate so much you end up, you know, not not having fun. But I think if you get to the place where you're sitting there going like I'm not having fun doing this anymore, then it's you're not in the right situation. Yeah, um, I know. For I I was gonna say I know for you like I remember uh, a few times like wearing a corset, you know, for the first time for like you know hours on end. That can yeah. get kind of cumbersome. Like you, you start to like, oh my god, yeah, I can't breathe now. You know. Well, well, see, here's the thing. Before 2020 happened, I w- I could wear a corset all day. I could wear a costume all day, and not like literally taking that time off. It really affected the length of time I can wear a costume. Like, I get so uncomfortable now. Like after just a few hours, when before I could like kind of strive through it, but yeah, Mike is absolutely right. Like with corsets, it's um, I take a change of clothes to the convention now. Like I don't even wait to come home. Like I just take a change of clothes if I'm uncomfortable. I'm changing. Game over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand that. So uh, Andrea, we have a mutual friend. 
that we need to discuss. Uh, and you didn't know this was coming, but that's okay. Because uh, he actually mentioned you one time. Uh, Dirk Manning. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I didn't know you knew Dirk. That's I've had, know. he's been on the show like two or three times. Like he, First of all, I think everyone knows Dirk. <laughs> I mean, all right, yeah, that's fair. Actually, Mike knows Dirk as well. Yeah. So we we here's my Dirk story. Five seconds. Ready? All right. Go. All right. So Texas Heat, black metal bookshelves. The other staff <laughs> people weren't there yet who were supposed to help Miss Jen bring these bookshelves in. I just landed like an hour ago. Dirk was out with Miss Jen going to get coffee and donuts. And me and Dirk look at each other. It's like, hey, friend, let's go help them bring these gigantic metal black shelves in in Texas <laughs> under 50 degree heat. Sure. <laughs> I got nothing else better to do. And so we go out there and start getting them. And of course, like, he goes to grab us. Like, don't do that. He's like, what? Is, ah, what happened? I was like, don't, don't do that. Let's come up with something different. I had towels with me, so I was like, we're going to take these towels, we're going to take them off the deal, because if you touch them with your raw hands, you're going to leave pieces of skin on these shelves. And so sure enough, we got them, and we got rolling and moving them out. We just factory did it, just the two of us. We were just for about 45 minutes, just getting these things in. And they were like, what? How did we, y'all, and like, even at one point, somebody was like, y'all are guests at the convention. Why are you helping us move stuff in? Like, why not? Like, yeah. Like, why help, not? Help. And so we like we became brothers in blood literally that day. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I I actually Dirk. met Dirk through uh, my friend Riley. Um, I met him for the first time at Motor City Comic Con, uh, the same time, the same convention where I met Lucy Lawless. Ah. So that was a pretty special weekend. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He's good people. I dig him. Yeah. He's a great comics guy. I mean, uh, he just did Butts and Seats. And he's doing a bunch of other stuff. I know he's going to be doing some, some bunch of stuff with uh, Source Press and Source Point Press and some other people. So, they'll have some yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. I got to get myself a copy of... I got to hit him up if I can get myself a copy of, uh, copy of Butts and Seats somehow. Mm. Yeah, Butts and Seats is really good. I think Hope probably has been one of my favorites. Favorite. Hope was really good because it wasn't the typical super. I think when we talked about it, but say I said, but as a reader of it, I said it's not your typical superhero book, and that it doesn't feel like it's an origin story. It doesn't feel like it's a. It's more of a. This is the cost of what happens when you are being a superhero affects your family. Right. Exactly. And so I thought that was really a neat twist on that thought process. And so you know, I like things that take like. It doesn't subvert expectations for the sake of subverting expectations. It just subverts expectations. You're going like, I didn't know I needed this in my life. Right. I, I think I'm that's good. that's I, honestly that's like I think that's Dirk's like strong point is he's great at making you really connect with people and connect characters. So like he makes you feel like okay, if I was this character, this is exactly how I would feel, or this is what I would do. That's that's his thing, man. Yeah, so I also picked up his book, Right, uh, right or Wrong, uh, The Art of Writing that he did. And then, like I said, there's other stuff I picked up from his. I didn't even know what's out there. One day we were just talking. He was like, oh, you're into wrestling. There's this thing I did a while back. You might like this. And let me send you this. <laughs> I was like, okay, take my money. <laughs> you're a wrestling fan? 
I am a wrestling fan. Um, old school wrestling fan. Grew up on WWE and stuff like that. Um, oh, you're huh? speaking Mike's love language. So, yeah, all right. So now, now, now I really got to ask, because I always ask everyone for this, and I'm going to throw you on a spot. What's your Mount Rushmore? My Mount Rushmore. Okay, so number five is Hulk Hogan, because whether I respect him as a person or not, he is, in a lot of ways, what sports entertainment became. Okay. Uh, he's not on number five. My number four is Bret the Hitman Hart, because when it comes to the excellence of execution, my third is Eddie Guerrero, because when it comes to showmanship, there is nobody quite like him. My number three becomes, uh, well, actually, no, he Eddie was three. So here's the thing. Fighting at two is a problem. Because fighting for two is going to be like Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Mankind, Undertaker. They're all kind of fighting for that. Man, okay. Two. All right. Yeah, my number one, just because I loved him growing up as a kid. Yeah, they get the lips like, yeah. Wow. With this, I gotta get the wow. Macho man. Okay. All right. Yeah, cool. this is right. running wild freely. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, we're on the podcast now. That's actually a really good impersonation. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. So, oh, man. Andrew's I dig like, it. Oh, All right. Yeah. So that that's my okay. That's my top five. Dusty Rhodes, just like Oliver mentioned, because I grew up watching Dusty Rhodes back when he was in the South before he got. Before he had the big wave, he was in NWA and then, you know, Mid-South for a while, and then he came to mm-hmm. WWF and Vince McMahon tried to make a fool out of him. And he got yellow polka dot, yellow black polka dots over somehow. So, <laughs> you, you can't tell me that a man ain't talented when he can get black and yellow polka dots over on an outfit. That's all I'm saying. He got it over. He did it. He barely. Got it he, he, barely. Got it, he got it over, baby. He just got so bad. Then NXT, and it came up to the little people, and he's like, "Look, you need to put this in your pronoun section." I've wired and dyed with King's <laughs> beans, and I've ate and added the poker beans. I'm telling you, it's one of the greatest things I've ever done in my that, life. Listen, listen, that promo is still that still holds up to one of the greatest promos ever. Mm-hmm. The hard times promo. A lot of Dusty's promos hold up regardless. They're like they're timeless, you know. So. Your 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 man your your Mount Rushmore is solid. It, I mean, it's it's solid. The only person I would switch out, and I agree with Stone Cold Rock and Man. Well, Mankind, I don't know, but Stone Cold and Rock would be tied. But I gotta switch out Macho Man for Ric Flair, only because. Woo! Listen, love it. Learn to love for it. What, for what Hogan did. <laughs> For mainstream wrestling and WWF, WWE, Flair did for NWA and just yeah. that side of it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, like to me, like Sting, like Sting and Flair would be tied almost. Um, but I, I gotta get the edge to Flair. Like he, him and Hogan to me were like the pinnacles of each. Yeah, I they, were, they, they, they were the Marvel and DC. You know what I mean? Yeah. The 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 jet flying limousine riding. Oh. Just stealing. Will and dealing. Oh. They can kiss every woman in the room. 
And right, you know what? Hey, listen, listen, <laughs> listen. Wrestling, listen. Wrestling could be a whole separate podcast. Let's do that another day. I'm telling you right now. Listen, let's do it. All right, let, let's plan that one. All right. So my next question for you guys is, what is a cosplay that you saw and you thought to yourself, "Man, I I hadn't done that one, but I would really love to do it someday." For um, me, for me, honestly, what I would love to do one day um, would be an Angel Woman from Digimon. Okay. Um, I just, I've seen it done a few times, never in person, but I've seen some really beautiful imagery online where these cosplayers just knocked it out of the park. And that's just kind of one of my, like, goals to, like, really sit down and take the time to like make um because i'm not really a strong cracker i'm still learning a lot um age is actually teaching me a lot i watch him all the time when he crafts not all the time that sounds creepy <laughs> no no you, you, but, do. you do i mean i do yeah we i i'm over there a lot um and hanging out in the mage cave but i'm learning I'm not just like watching so he has taught me a lot um and he's been really great at like helping me um construct some costumes too as far as creating some of the more recent costumes um but I would absolutely love to like make Angel Amon um definitely one of my favorites and um I would love to eventually down the road make a um dark Xena, like evil Xena costume from like her Hercules arc. I would love to make that sometime. Okay. That would be interesting. Yeah. Nightmare, yeah. Up, sir. What would be a costume that you've seen done that you would love to do yourself someday? So I'm a little, I'm on the other end of the spectrum where, so, all right, so should I, I should say this before. The, um once I started cosplaying and once I started getting you know getting into it um so now to date I've done over 350 costumes and the reason is because once I think of something and I get excited for it I have to make it I have to make it right now mm-hmm. it's not something that like I'm like okay this is going to go onto the do, like to-do list and I'll do it sooner or later no if it's in my mind, I'm excited for it right now. I have to do it right now. Mm-hmm. So there's, I, I have a to-do list, but I'm not excited for them. Like, I want to do Kang. I want to do Galactus. I want to do a Mandalorian. I want to do, there's a lot of costumes I want to do, but I just don't feel excited for them right now. So I don't have the drive just to get up and craft right in, you know, for yeah. it. The only costume. Well, I was like, the only costume that I can say that I I know hundred percent that I am excited for, but it's my end all be all. Like once I do this costume, I'm done. I'm not making another costume ever again. Is uh, Voltron. Okay. Voltron. Yeah. The old school. We're talking about the old school one, or are we talking about the Netflix version? The, no, man. The lions. The old okay. school lions. Yeah. Once I do that, I'm done. That's like my retirement costume. 
Um, but as far as like yeah, anything else, like if, if it's on my mind, I'm excited for it right now. I got to do it right now. Yeah, I think the closest thing I've seen I've wanted to do because I feel like the juxtaposition will be really interesting. Take the almost uh, Batman comic book version of Bane, and then like merge it with the film version of Bane. Just so I could run okay. around looking like Bane with the Lucha Libre mask and just run around and say, well, you seem as though you didn't get your comic books today on Wednesday like you were supposed to. Now I'm going to have to tell you that you're going to have to deal with it later. I picked up my last copy of the last one. You get to deal with the fact that you no longer have a copy anymore because I picked up the last one. <laughs> so, dude, all right. You're kind of like me, and I love that. So... First of all, I want to I want to rewind. I'm gonna like kind of backtrack the way back. And when we first started this conversation, you said I'm not on your guys' level yet with like costuming and stuff like that. First of all, there's no levels. There's no levels to this costuming thing at all. It's whether it's you're 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 wearing a costume or you're not. It's one or two things. Either okay. You're doing it or you're not doing it, right? There's, there's no levels. But there are um, there's, there are kind of caveats to it where you're wearing a costume and then also you're actually like portraying the part. You love to portray the part you kind of visualize really yourself as a character and you kind of uh, go through the motion and do the voices and you're embodying the character right i love that cool that, that's pretty cool. like 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 just doing like the bane voice you know you doing the macho man voice and stuff like that it's like you really envision yourself as that character you're doing it to me, I mean, that's that I, I I love that more so than the honestly, like like with like judging costume contest stuff. When someone comes on stage and they embody the character and their their mannerisms or their voice, and they try to try and be that character or or they re envision that character how how they think it should be. I love that. I love you know the 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 actual act of being the character. Like that to me is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, I think that's one of the more fun things about doing certain characters and just embodying them. Like, um, there's characters that I don't do that with, and then there's some that I do do that with. Um, like Bellatrix Lestrange, I can just kind of let loose and be crazy, and I have so much fun with that. Well, I mean, I have to be to put up with you, so. Um, let's be honest, you have to be a little crazy to be friends with Night Mage and to tolerate his antics on a daily basis. Good to know. Um, <laughs> um, but like, for me personally, with other costumes, I'm not as either invested in the character or you know I'm you know sometimes I'm less animated than mm. you know just it just depends on what costume I'm wearing and I guess my mood that day but I always have fun regardless of what costume I am in 
And I think that's uh, the thing. Like that. you, you, you literally just said it. It's, it that's the thing is you're having fun. Um, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're having fun. So, you know, like some some characters you're going to embody, you're gonna feel empowered with, and you're gonna feel like, oh my god, like I feel this character, like Xena. Probably when you're yeah. wearing Xena, you you know, you feel you feel like a badass, you feel like a warrior, you feel a little bit more bold and stuff. But maybe when you're wearing, I don't know, She-Ra, you just like the way it looks, you like the design, you like this. Yep. Hey, you know, so it's okay. You know, you don't always have to feel and embody the character. You can like the design to say, oh man, I just like the way it looks. But there is something special about, you know, feeling empowered by that character. Like when, when I'm wearing, I, I, Superman is one of my favorite characters of all time. When I'm wearing Superman, I, there's just like a feeling like an aura. Like I feel righteous. I feel you know what I mean? I just, I feel like yeah. I just want to read. Um, and and like, that's, that's something I've noticed with you. Um, seeing you in so many different costumes, I can always tell which ones you enjoy wearing more and like how you act in them as opposed to others. It's just like you said, it's like the aura you give off. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I that, that's the beauty of cosplay, period. It's like, it it gives you the chance to escape who you are and um, become someone else. Um, yeah, exactly. Like when you're a kid and you put glasses on and you become invisible and you just, you know, <laughs> I don't know, you, you, you just feel a little bit more brave. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the costume. You, you put a costume on and you just feel a little different. It's interesting, too, you mentioned being a kid doing that because, you know, a lot of us as kids, especially if we had a favorite costume we wanted to wear, uh, then we didn't, uh, you didn't want to take it off when you were a kid because, you know, you felt a certain kind of way. So it's like if you had to put on regular clothes, you see a lot of kids and they're just fighting you. And they're just like, oh, my gosh, no, don't take off my Superman shirt that I've been wearing for the last four days. Like, no, I can't take it off. <laughs> Right. right. Watch it at some point, you know. And I think it. I mean, that's like most. That's like most conventions now. Like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think one of the best things that I really like about cosplay is that it's filled with so many amazing people, and like we're all, like we're all just a bunch of nerds in costume, and. Mike frequently will say, like, we're all a bunch of socially awkward people, but we're being social. Um, So I know I've met a lot of people who, you know, have anxiety. I am one of the most anxious people ever. But yet when I'm in costume on the convention floor, I tend to be more extroverted. And it depends who I'm around also. But you know, when I'm in costume, I feel more comfortable meeting people than I would be meeting someone, say, if I was at a concert. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow, when I, I'm in social situations, my friend, my direct friend group will tell you that my superpower is making friends because I always meet the people. 
but when I'm say around Mike, he's the one that's making the friends. Like he brings the people. So like it's just interesting like how your social dynamics can change being around the friends you make, the people that you meet and everything like that. Um, but I've met a lot of very shy, anxious people who feel more comfortable socializing in a costume on the convention floor because it does give them a chance to be someone else. They feel more confident or they could even, a couple of people have told me over the years that like they've, they feel more secure. They feel more comfortable just to be themselves when they're in a costume rather than just being their everyday self. And I think that's something that's truly like empowering Mm -hmm. um, with cosplay. Yeah, and it's really so interesting. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's really interesting when you hear that because you think about, like, for example, when you're doing cosplays and you're at conventions and you see kids coming up to you and they're like, I want to take pictures. Can I take pictures with you? Is it okay? Like, or parents will come up to you, do you get paid to do this? You know, are you professional? You know, that type of thing. You just sit there going, like, it feels like nothing like you've ever done just because of the amount of inspiration you've given off just by doing it. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. First of all, I, I, always, I always say that I don't care who you are. I don't care what kind of following you have. I don't care anything. If you're if you're literally on the show floor, if you're walking around the convention, you're in costume, or even if you're, you know, you don't do conventions, you're on social media, just you know, cosplaying on social media, someone's taking notice of you. Someone is inspired by you. So like, we live in a very social media age. You're being watched. Like everyone is being watched. Someone is taking notice of you. Um, so that's that's the number one amazing thing. But going back to what Andre was saying, like, like, yeah, like it's a very, very social hobby and social community just full of socially awkward people. So we all kind of understand and get each other. So that's why, like, literally, I'll sit at a convention and just kind of look around and have to chuckle and laugh because. There's hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of us just dressed up in silly costumes and spandex and just stupid costumes, but we all love each other. We all get it. And we all just have, are having fun. You know what I mean? We're just all being ourselves. And that's, that's special. There's, there's no other community where you can really do that. I mean, Every every community, like you know, you're, we're all geeks about something. You have like your sports geeks, you have your gun geek, you know, freaks, you have um, whatever kind of groups you have, they you know, motorcycle groups, and some everyone's a geek about something, but there's no other community that is so accepting of just everyone like the convention community because I think it's just we come from all corners of life. Man. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty. That's pretty awesome to hear. I mean, especially it's it's really encouraging. This. So we're gonna go ahead and get ready to take a break. And basically, here's the thing: I'm gonna go ahead and give y'all the question when we come back for the break now, so you can think about it for a second. And I think yes. Andrew already kind of Andrew already kind of talked touched on this a bit. Talk about the most famous person you met when you were cosplaying. But I was just wondering, like, is it a poop break? Like, is it? Well, like, okay. I'm thinking about, like, like I, a water break, not, like, a food Oh, okay. Break. So I don't have time to make popcorn or nothing. Uh, no. You have time to maybe make a whiskey drink. 
Yep. Well, it's PG-13. Cranberry <laughs> drink. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So, most, most, most famous person. All right. Got it. Just think about that. So most famous person you've met in a cosplay situation. And that'll be when we come back on when we come back from the break. So as I as my old to old cartoons goes, after these messages, we'll be right back. We we have a sponsor. So we've been sponsored. Have you ever tested your nerd kung fu? Have you ever tested nerd kung fu? Nerd kung fu, yes, your nerd kung fu. Now I know what you're thinking. What is nerd kung fu? Because it's not like we're gonna get a bunch of nerds fighting in a ring. But maybe it's about how you look. Maybe it's about being able to show off that nerd thing that you dig. You know what I mean? Do you like The Office? Do you like Star Wars? Do you like Jurassic Park? Do you like video games, anime, movies, etc.? Because if you do, you can get your nerd kung fu on. In the description on the podcast, there will be a link. You can go there and you can order up to your heart's desire on anything from shirts to socks to posters and all sorts of things, even The Godfather. So if you're down into movies and video games and comic books and or things like that, TV shows even, I mean, like I said, The Office, Firefly is represented. They got all sorts of stuff. It's all legally licensed official stuff. Jingle Spider, uh, what's your nerd kung fu? Uh, my nerd kung fu is weak, but I feel like by following the link in the description, I might be able to make it stronger. Smider, what's your nerd kung fu? My nerd kung fu is a southern style. It uh, is very fast, very aggressive. Mostly uses just the two first knuckles on my hand to knock people out. But that's only because the stunt people are kind enough to fall over. It's up to you how your nerd kung fu is. But we appreciate you checking it out and grabbing the link and getting your stuff from nerd kung fu. And we're back, and uh, my question still stands. Uh, who is the most famous person you had a chance to meet while you were cosplaying? And uh, if you have a story to tell with that, please feel free to do so. So we'll start with Andrea, so she's kind of hinted at possibly one of the most famous people she's ever met. So I actually have two that are kind of my favorite. Um, the first one is a idol I've had since I was a wee little lass, um, Lucy Lawless, who played Xena Warrior Princess um, in the 90s, for those who might not have been alive to witness that awesomeness. Um, she was at Motor City Comic Con um, in Novi, Michigan, Novi, Michigan. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't live in Michigan. I'm in Ohio. Um, no, one's so, in, no, one, no one in Portland. Yeah, no. No one, no one important in Michigan. She's gonna, she's gonna beat you up this weekend. Um, but yeah, nobody cares about Michigan. No offense to Michigan, Michigan dwellers. Michigan dwellers. I can't talk today. <laughs> Anyways, um, I don't sports, so I don't hate Michigan. We just have some really good friends that live in Michigan, and we just like to give them crap because they give us crap for living in Ohio. Anyway, um. So I met Lucy Lawless at Motor City Comic Con, and I was dressed up as Xena um, the first time I met her. And I walked in, and I walked in the photo op, and she kind of just stopped, and she is like, 
there's a few inches height difference between us but she's like this is like looking into a mirror and she's like you know if we ever reboot the series if you want to roll you got it and i'm like like hearing that from my biggest <laughs> idol right. just made my life like nothing else will ever top that moment in my life i am convinced of that until they reboot um, it and then they call you and they're like okay now it's time to go you're in right and i'd be like Mike, help me. I don't know how to be an action person. <laughs> um, but, uh, hey, Mike, you could be my stunt double if that ever happens. <laughs> yeah. That would be interesting. Actually, I, 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 have a, I, I have a very funny video I want to do involving something like that. I will discuss oh. with you later. Oh, God. Um, so... <laughs> It, that was that was a really awesome moment for me. And then when I met her out of costume the next day, she actually remembered me. Now, I was wearing a, a dark black wig the previous day, and I am a natural blonde, and she recognized me. And that just, like, that blew my mind. She, she is probably one of the most awesome people I have ever met celebrity-wise, and she gives great hugs. Like, if you ever have the chance to meet Lucy Lawless, do it. Highly recommended. Um, the second person I met um, in cosplay was um, Lena Headey um, from Game of Thrones. She played Cersei Lannister. And um, Cersei, as terrible of a character as she is, she is my favorite. Um, so I also met her at Motor City Comic Con a different year. And um, I don't even remember what cosplay I was wearing. Um, I think I did like a little closet, closet, like Cersei cosplay, or I might've been like, I did like a face paint, like the Joker or something. I don't even remember. I just remember my interaction with her was just so awesome. Um, and she, she's a gem and she's absolutely hilarious. And I kept running into her on the convention floor. Like she was like going to all these different um, stands, um, like buying toys for her kids. And I'm like, oh my God, she's like five feet from me. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I said hi to her like twice. And I'm like, she's going to think of following her on the convention floor. Like, so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go like everywhere. And she kept appearing everywhere that I was. And I'm like, okay, who's following you at this point? <laughs> but um, she was really very sweet. And then um, another time I was at, um, a convention with Mike and some of our friends and I was eating in the green room and I was eating lunch and the guy who played um I forget his name some terrible of actor name um what is his name who did he play the, um the, all that's coming to my mind is vote for Pedro uh, oh, no, oh, Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. It was oh, that was at Grand Rapids. Yeah. yeah, that was in Grand Rapids. And he's just eating, and he's like, oh, I really like your costume. I was dressed as Emma Frost. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And then one of my friends is like, do you know who that was? I'm like, no. They're like, that's the guy that played Napoleon Dynamite. I'm like, oh, that's cool. He was nice, you know. Bill Hader. So I just, I forget his name. But... Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Okay. Bill Hader. Yeah, he was really nice. Okay. That's all. Did he offer you his tots? Huh? Did he offer you his tots? <laughs> no, he didn't. 
And I'm gonna put you I don't on the think they're. I need you to. I, need I don't you think they're on the top. Oh, okay. I need you to do your best. I choose violence. Oh, oh God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Put me on the spot. I don't do voices. You know that. Um. I don't know. God, I haven't watched Game of Thrones in forever. If you don't, uh, if, you, okay. if you don't feel comfortable, that's okay. I uh, know. Um. I choose violence. I don't know. <laughs> that was so scary. I don't, I don't. I don't do. I don't. I don't do all being put on the spot. Okay, <laughs> People are like, can, they're like, can you do the Xena yell? And I'm like, yes, I can do the Xena yell, but I hate being put on the spot. <laughs> well, that's things I learned, so I know better now. <laughs> no, it's fine. Like, it's it's totally fine. But like, I'm like, I can do better. But then it like, you know, the anxiety and the nerves, you know. Night Mage, what is your what is your story? Um, he's met a lot of famous people. Yeah, I, I so I, I gotta I, I gotta hundred percent say that I am I am blessed and honestly I'm very humbled with the with the opportunities that that cosplay has given me. Like as far as I never thought I would be, you know, hanging out and sharing a limousine with certain people and in the green room with certain people and stuff like that you know what i mean so that i i've met a lot of people but i i don't fanboy i don't fanboy um some of the most memorable moments though um what all right so what one of the oddest moments is i was in saudi arabia and it just hit me because i'm sitting there i'm eating lunch and we're at a table and I'm dressed up as Voldemort. And I'm dressed up as Voldemort in Saudi Arabia and I'm at a table eating lunch with Steven Seagal and William Shatner. And oh, wow. they're they're sitting there just having a conversation about real estate. And I'm sitting there dressed as Voldemort. And I'm just like I'm eating, you know, I'm just eating, just listening to them talk. And then they once in a while they ask like, oh yeah, how's, how, how's things going with you? And I'm literally there in prosthetics as Voldemort. I'm just like, oh yeah, things are good. And then they start talking about real estate again. This is a very odd situation where you're in costume and you have all these other celebrities and you're like a cosplayer, but you're just you're in this ridiculous costume. So that that was like one very just odd moment. Um, I'm gonna need I'm you very, to tell I'm him the. I'm gonna need you to tell him the Randy Orton story at the airport. Oh, oh, that was a good one. Um, so I, Randy Orton. So I was at the airport, and I was coming home from a convention, and I ran into Randy Orton, and he was coming out the bathroom, and he was with his wife, and and I came. I was like, Randy, man, I'm a huge fan. Like this is my first time working. Like like seeing Randy Orton, um, meeting Randy Orton. Huge fan. So, like, hey, man, huge fan. We you know, we sit there talking for a second. So, lo and behold, two dudes come up to us, and they're like, "Oh my God, Randy Orton! Like, Randy, can I, you know, have a photograph?" Blah blah. And then he turns to me. He's like, "Bank Mage? Oh my God! Like, it's Bank Mage and Randy Orton." And so Randy kind of turns to me. Is like, "Wait a minute, who are you?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's like, "Wait a minute!" Like, so. 
that was just like a really cool like moment. Just meeting my, you know, one of my one of my idols and then someone else kind of recognizing me while that you know that's right. um another very funny story is Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa, that was that was good too, but LeVar Burton. So um, we were doing a Canada show, and so for some reason, these like we're in the green room, and these doors like locked really weird. So I had to catch a flight, so I had to change. I was in costume, I had to hurry up and change and catch a flight. So I go in the bathroom, and I couldn't lock the door. So I'm like, screw it, whatever. So I'm changing. I'm butt naked now. LeVar Burton comes in, and he opens the door. And literally, as he opens the door, I'm just, I stand there, I'm just, I'm literally butt naked, just, and we kind of lock eyes, and it's one of those moments where you can't look away, I couldn't stop looking at him, he just couldn't stop looking at me, and we just stood there for like a couple seconds, and finally he just like slowly closed the door, <laughs> and so after, you know, after I got dressed, I come out, he's like, man, you don't you don't know how to lock the door, do you? I'm like, no, man. I don't. It was like, oh my gosh. It was it was just weird. Like fucking Levar Burton. Like that's that was that was that was another one. Um, but I honestly I have a lot of just weird moments like that. But that's that's what I love. I don't have anything where, um, again, like I fanboyed over. I probably would fanboy over like Dwayne Johnson, like. Dwayne Johnson would be like the one fanboy moment I would have, but just a lot of a lot of people I just have weird moments with. Yeah, uh, for me there's a there's a few. Uh, there was one real quick one George Takei where he was signing a book and he mentioned something about sincerely yours George Takei, and I was like, oh that's really cool. He's like, what? He says you use the word sincerely. You don't see many people do that in autographs. He goes. You know, I want to bring back exclamation words, like extraordinary, sincerely. You know, these type of words that just command a certain thing. We talked for 25 minutes about words he loved to use that other people didn't love to use. I'm just sitting there going like, I can't replace this. Like, this yeah. is beautiful. And so then that was there. The second one was Mark Henry. Uh, so Mark Henry was there. I had enough money to pay for LeVar Burton. I wanted to give him one of my children's books that I'd written because he had inspired me from roots all the way to reading Rainbow and everything in between. And so I wanted to be like, here, thank you for being the person you are because you inspired me to write. And to, I just want to put this in your hands, you know, so you can have it. And so, but I went to Mark Henry's table. He was talking about his kids at Fortnite. He was about how much his kids love Fortnite. He couldn't give them a bed. His wife would call him in the middle of the night and be like, can you get these kids to bed? It's 1130 and I can't get them to go to sleep. And so he's sitting there talking about, like, you need to go to bed. Your mama called me. If I, if I got to come home, it'll be bad. And I handed him one of my art books. There's another book I have. is a wrestling art book. And I have a portrait of him in there. And so he was like, you drew this? I was like, yeah. He said, there's only one problem with this picture. I'm like, Mark Henry could kill me and nobody would care. Like, Mark Henry is that strong of a dude. Like he could just fold me up like an accordion. And I'm not a small dude. He's just like, and I'm done. And he's like, I didn't take a picture with you with this fit book. I was like, man, I don't have an extra, you know, $45 to pay for it. I'll pay for a picture. Like, man, get over here and get this picture. I'm like, okay. 
Go in. My phone. You know, let's, let's do this because it's never going to happen again. <laughs> sure enough, I got a picture with Mark Henry just for handing him a book that I've drawn some art in. And so the biggest one, though, is the cosplay, Nick Fury. And so I'm running around in Houston, Texas. It's hot. It's like 90,000 degrees inside. And so there's 100 Nick Furies in there because it's just like Avengers uh, Age of Ultron was going to drop that summer. And so there's a bunch of Nick Furies. This is before the age of Harley Quinn. Everybody wanted to be Harley Quinn, which of course everybody there's always a Harley Quinn or two at a con, but there was a year when Suicide Squad came out where everybody their mama was dressed up as Harley Quinn. Yeah. And, and uh, but anyway, so I'm there, like this one dude is running around like Nick Fury, Nick Fury. Well, there's like eight of us walking down the hallway. We don't know which one he's talking about. And he's like, Nick Fury with the orange and green gun. I know you hear me, because I had a chance to spray paint my gun. That was the one caveat of my costume. Everything else was tight, blacked out, everything, but my gun was like green and orange. So I couldn't, I didn't have time to get spray paint painted on the way. And so I was like, there's like eight of us here. How am I supposed to know which one of you is talking? He said, man, you got to come into this uh, thing with me. I'm like, what thing? He's like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I was like, I've never watched the show. I don't know anything about it. He said, just, you know, just come. I can't tell you why, but just come with me. You need to come. I'm like, okay, I'll come with you to this random thing that I don't know nothing about. I get there and like, of course, I'm sitting there and waiting on this dude. And of course, it's the whole cast of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so I'm sitting there like, okay, what kind of question? If I can get up there on stage and, and ask the question, what would I ask? I was like, okay. So I thought it's probably, but then this dude came running around looking for me. So he finds it, like, you got a question? I said, I'll have a question before I get up to the mic. And they're like, all right, bet. So he gets me in line. I get tapped on the back of my shoulder, and it was Stan Lee. And he was like, nice, nice cosplay, bub. And I'm just sitting there freaking out, like, oh my gosh, it's Stanley. <laughs> and I felt like an eight-year-old at that moment. And I'm shaking his hand. I'm like, thank you so much for the stuff you've created. He said, hey, you keep reading it, we'll keep making it. He said, I gotta go. And uh, I gotta get on stage. I'm like, okay, no, you totally get on stage. Well, then Lou Ferrigno was behind him. Now, you gotta go listen to some old episodes of the podcast. There's a whole series of stories involving me and Lou Ferrigno. Uh, there's at least like four meetings with me and Lou Ferrigno that go back a ways. So anyway, so yeah, that was interesting as well. But just getting a chance to shake the man's hand, shake the stand the man, stand the man Lee's hand like that. I was just sitting there just like, ah. yeah. It would have so. been really cool to meet Stanley. I sadly never got the pleasure. <laughs> Stanley, I, I've had two. Well, the one I was I was going to invite to is one of his birthday parties um in dallas so we went to that and that was that was great um and the other time before that was i was at c2e2 and <laughs> i was coming down the elevator elevator doors open up and the person was just like oh no you can go ahead no just go ahead just the elevator is full and I, I come walking, like, I walk in front of the elevator. I think I was dressed as Predator or, or Angel Spawn. And I look at Stan Lee, and we kind of lock eyes. And the elevator's doors close. I'm like, why did you just let that elevator go? Like, that was Stan Lee. I could have, like, broke the elevator and Stan Lee. I'm, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so uh, But yeah, Stan Lee's awesome. And so my next question going into that is kind of a different one. Uh, 
what are who are rather who are uh, some cosplayers that you've watched that inspire you? Well, for me, like I'm a little biased because a lot of my friends are super awesome and very inspiring. One of them is Michael, of course. Um, and I would say the other cosplayers that inspire me would be uh, my friend Brooke, BBLK cosplay, uh, my friend Annie Graves cosplay, um, my friend Rachel Achu cosplay, and um, I would also have to say um, there's so many like there's so many that like I want to name, but um, I guess one of my favorites that I would love to meet and like to actually friends with her, Allison Tabitha. She's amazing at what she does, especially mm -hmm. with makeup and everything. And I hope to one day get that good with makeup because okay. she's amazing. Okay, cool deal, cool deal. Sorry, um, man, hey. There's so many, like honestly, like I, I value and I look at every person. There's something I could take away from everyone, that whether it's their personality, whether it's their craftsmanship, whether it's their showmanship, whether you know something, um, their hustle, their drive. Like there's literally something I could take away from everyone that i know that does this that i've met you know what i mean like yeah. whether podcast there's literally something that that everyone um so i i can't i can't narrow it down um i just i i want it's going to it's going to be the the crappy answer once again but it goes back to the community i just i love this community so much because there's no other community that is so driven and just so creative like you take the average cosplayer and when i say average what i mean is the cosplayer who just they're not you know they're not trying to do this professionally they're just doing this as a hobby and they're just having fun um they're not trying to be accurate and do this like at a at a uh a level where they're trying to compete with, you know, like do like inner costume kinds and stuff like that. But you just think the average cosplayer is doing this as an obvious fun. Still, yet with them, they're doing the same exact stuff on the level of like movie production. They're hairstylists, they're makeup artists, they're they're costume designers, they're videographers, they're photographers. They're doing all this. And where you know you have these movie productions that have like entire teams doing this, so it's just inspiring to see that, like literally, the average person with the average budget or below average budget is doing the exact same things as you know Hollywood productions and stuff, and sometimes honestly better. And and I don't know that is to me is just incredibly inspiring. Yep, 
I mean, I have seen quite a few cosplayers do a better apocalypse than we got in uh, the X Men Apocalypse movie that we had years ago. Much love, funny Isaac. Is that, much love, I, uh, Isaac. Uh, to to, to uh, oh gosh, I can't think of his name now. He played Moon Knight. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. So, yeah. That is the one costume, one hundred percent. I and I get it. I get why they went with the Egyptian thing. I get that. I get it. That is the one costume where you literally just said it. I get when I hear, oh my god, that looks better than the the movie version. That's the one number one costume I always get. Is that looks better than the movie? That looks better than the movie. Is that one? But I under here's the thing: what people don't understand. Not everything is going to translate well on screen. You have to go with the context of that universe. And so I 100% understand why, you know, they go with costume choices and, and designs because it fits with that specific universe. Like if this was a totally spandexy um, comic book X-Men movie, then yeah, go with more of a comic book apocalypse. But I get why they went with that version. But there are ways. I feel like we could have got the best of both. And I don't really feel like they were working at it from that aspect. I mean, I feel like there was ways you could have done. You could have given us more closer to Apocalypse. Because yes, in some of the comics you saw, especially the El Salvador run, you saw him in a more Egyptian-style look. But even then, he still looked like himself even though he was a little bit more amazing yeah. because he was a slave then at one point until he became well, a god. You also got to remember that you know, you're paying millions upon millions of dollars to an actor so you don't want to overdo <laughs> with makeup and stuff. You want to be able to see True. that actor so you know, that actor that, that's, that's the money maker in their face. That's the that's, with the selling point, you want to cover them in, in makeup so they're unrecognizable. So, I, again, I, I, I get it. Um, I don't know. There's, there's so much. There's so much. Yeah. There's so much. Now, that said, uh, at the same time, watching the Batman and realizing Colin Farrell was the guy under the Penguin outfit. Now, I want whoever did the makeup for that alone, I want them to win all the awards. Bro, that, that was amazing. Because he didn't absolutely, like, yeah, he didn't look like he looked like a whole different human. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing. And I guess, and then that—that's another thing. Like it goes with the, the performance. Like his performance. I honestly, I don't think I've ever seen Colin Farrell act out of Colin Farrell. Like that was not Colin Farrell. You know what right. I mean? Right, right. No, I fully get it. It's like certain actors are probably not actors. It's like if you think about like Jack Nicholson. As much as I love Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson does Jack Nicholson 90% of the time. Right. Samuel L. Jackson. I love Samuel L. Jackson, but 99% of the time, you're getting Samuel L. Jackson in a different outfit. Right. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 performance and the makeup, that was oh, oh that was stellar. So another fun question. Is there a cosplay horror story oh. that you can share where something oh, crazy gosh. happened, where something unexpected? I'll share mine first and it's real quick. I was at a, and yes, I'm gonna say this because I know I've said it before. People like I get the comments so often. I'm like, 
I can't believe that's true. Yes, there was a time where I was into my little pony. I, I officially can say I, was, I am and was a brony. I still am because I like the concept of the friendship is magic story and stuff. Um, but no, but I saw a lot of cool people do a lot of cool costumes. But uh, there was a young lady that was, was kind of talking to at the convention. And she was like, well, hey, you know, if you want to come by the room, we're going to be having a party. We're going to be having a little soiree, you know, after the con tonight. So you want to come by? I was like, sure. So I came by. And of course, it's just me dressed like I'm dressed. Like I just, I didn't go to that convention to the cosplay. I probably just wanted to go check it out. And I was, there was a card game, My Little Pony at the time. So I was in that more so than anything else. And so I did a lot of stuff with that that whole weekend. Well, I went to this, I went to this young lady's room because Con was in the hotel. And so, of course, we just, you know, all our rooms were already booked in the hotels. That was a cool thing. Like, showroom floor, the convention floor was all at the, all at the lower level. And so I went to the room, and, of course, I saw, this is the first time I'd ever experienced furries in my life. And it was also immediately the last time that I intentionally experienced furries. Because as soon as that, I saw what I saw in the room, I just literally 180, turned, and left. No explanation. No, I was just like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> this ain't for me. I mean, okay. I, I'm putting the pieces together. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna go into the specifics. Just, there was a lot of a lot of fur flying around for a lot of reasons that I'm not gonna talk. Yeah. So okay. I mean, you know, furry cons and a lot of anime cons after hours, um, especially are interesting and fun and, you know yeah, I'm not gonna knock it yeah you know, not, not for actually, everybody it's not for everyone it's not for everyone um yeah <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, you got to look on their face like oh if we weren't in a pg-13 situation worst stories for me I actually don't think I have like an actual like horror story per se. Uh, well, actually, no. I wouldn't say it's a horror story, but more of a. I'm glad I brought a backup cosplay to change into. Ah. Um, our most recent uh, local convention that we had back in July. Yeah, beginning of July. I had uh, dressed up as my Jane Foster Thor because it was the opening weekend of the movie, uh, Thor Love and Thunder. So I was like, oh, it's a good time to wear Jane Foster. While my armor is 3D printed and um, I had just fixed it because I had um, like the fasteners were all jacked up so it had to be fixed. So I fixed it like I want to say the night before with the help of some of my friends. And so I changed into it at the convention center and it held for a few hours and then the other side came completely undone and my armor started to crack um, to the point where it was not wearable anymore. So I then changed into a completely different cosplay. Yeah, okay. That happens. So that, would, that would be my, I guess, horror story. That's that you know what that's a good lesson why you should always have an emergency kit on hand with whatever um you know coordinates with whatever you're wearing. If you're wearing like 
3D printed stuff always have some, you know, for eight, six thousand, you know, glue on hand. If you're wearing um, some foam, make sure you have like Velcro or and then some hot glue. If you're wearing like a lot of fabric stuff, make sure needle and thread. Always have an emergency kit. Always. Mm-hmm. Um. So my, <laughs> I. I, I'm kind of with Andre. I don't really have a lot of horror stories. Honestly, I've done over 300 different conventions across around the world. I've never had a bad experience um, at any convention. Um, I don't have any horror stories, but I have one that is just a funny story. I guess it could be a horror story. For some. All right. So it was an anime this convention. Is no, no, it's not Goliath, it's Kratos. Oh, oh, okay. So um so it was an anime convention. So with with a lot of anime conventions, typically they do a lot of programming. Um the programming that goes like all night long. Um and after hours programming can usually be like adult themed. All right, cool. So uh anime convention, I'm wearing Kratos. And when I made Kratos, I made a loincloth. And I have a bodysuit, so I didn't have to paint my body. So I have a bodysuit that I airbrush, and all I have to do is paint my face. Well, I didn't make a pee hole in the bodysuit, so I made a pee hole in the bodysuit. And since I have a loincloth, I don't really have to wear like a dance belt, right? Mm-hmm. Because I have a loincloth. So I have the pee hole, I have a loincloth, I'm good to go. Um, I know, commission ends, I'm drinking, drinking, drinking. I forget I have this after hours panel. The panel comes up. I'm a little, I'm a little inebriated, but I'm still in costume. Um, I go to the panel, I'm late to the panel. So I go into the panel, everything like the it's standing room only, panel's packed. And I get to the table, table's already filled. So I kind of sit at the end of the table, you know, sit in the chair and after the panel, I realized that, oh crap, I have this pee hole that I cut in my bodysuit to go pee, and I have a loincloth, but I'm not at a table. I'm sitting at the end of the table, like at the end of the table, like spread eagle. So literally, I'm just hanging out of the, the bodysuit because I don't have anything underneath the bodysuit. So I didn't think anything of it until next year. Next year comes around, I get invited back to the same convention <laughs> and the same panel. And someone's like, hey man, remember last year when you were here, you were all drunk and your nuts were hanging out at the at the panel. Like, oh god. Nah, I, now I remember, yeah. <laughs> that is not a horror story, but again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a teaching lesson. Even if you have a loincloth, always wear like underwear or like a dance belt underneath your costume. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. No, never know. And, and, and maybe don't get really drunk with the costume while we're yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 The only other thing that's, I'll say. Yeah, the other thing I'll say is uh, be careful with body paint. If you don't realize that you're talking to somebody with body paint. I remember seeing a Psylocke, uh, comic, very comic book accurate Psylocke. And so I'm like, hey, do you mind if I, you know, take a picture with you? She's like, sure. And I was like, okay, do you mind if I put my uh, hand 
on your um, on your waist. She's like, sure, that's fine. And so I was going to put my hand on her waist, and I realized, wait a minute, this is what a belt is. Why am I touching skin? And so I asked her, I was like, just out of curiosity, I said, um, I said, and if you don't want to tell me, that's fine. I said, are you wearing body paint? She said, yeah, I'm pretty much covering all that needs to be covered, but everything else is paint. I was like, oh, okay, that's different. <laughs> I didn't expect yeah. yeah, I don't see that very often at too many conventions. Like, as far as body paint, basically, like, that looks like clothes, like, yeah, I mean, that's a real talent for sure if they could yeah, do that. Yeah, it, it, it looks pretty, it looks pretty, uh, it looks pretty convincing. I honestly thought she was wearing, like, the actual suit, and then I'm like, okay, she's not actually wearing anything except for covering up what she needs to cover. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There we go. And so uh, we're wrapping up all the last minutes here of this. I want to make sure to give you guys time to share where people can find you, the way you want to be found and so forth. So that, that way people can, uh, if they, not only if they have uh, inspiration they need to get from you, but also if they say, well, I want to find this person. This person seems real. We never know. I mean, Lucy Lawless may listen to conversations about dot, dot, dot. We never know. Never know. <laughs> never know. Yeah, I would, uh, I would, uh, I would think, <laughs> um, I can be found on Instagram and Facebook at Andy Serpenti Cosplay. That's S-E-R-P-E-N-T-I. Um, it's also Andy with an I. Um, I'm also on TikTok just under Andy Serpenti. And, uh, that's my main social as far as my cosplay goes. I am on all the socials under Nightmage. Um, on Instagram, Nightmage100. Uh, but everything else, just pretty much just type in Nightmage and uh, you'll find me. Nightmage with a K, K N I G H C M A G. Yeah. Nightmage as opposed to Nights is with it. It's like Batman, I am the Vision. I am the Night. I am Batman. So, although he is called the dark night. Your impressions are on point, man. Well, I do I, I, notice I only do the ones I'm good at. <laughs> I don't try to do the, like, the Ric Flair one is kind of, I knew that was going to be a weak one, but I was just like, I had to do it. We were talking about Flair. So, you know, but I try to. That was, that, was, that was still on point. That was still good. <laughs> Speaking of Ric Flair, I'm still waiting for Mike to help me come up with a Charlotte Flair cosplay. Oh, that wouldn't be hard. We just need to get you a really, really expensive robe or expensive no, looking no. robe. Oh, no. I, oh, no. I want him to make me the robe. No, oh. No. So the one year, so talking about wrestling, the one year um, I helped um, the one WrestleMania with Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. So I helped make Becky Lynch's costume. Oh. Okay. And Here's a, here's the messed up part about that. I'm sitting in I'm sitting in the audience, and we're waiting you know waiting for Becky Lynch to come out. And my dude texts me. He's like, "Hey man, I got bad news." I'm like, "What? What? What? What?" He's like, "Triple H made her take it off." They're at the gorilla position, and he, so he he made um, these mechanical these instruments. You know, he was she was still in like the steampunk stuff. He made these um, mechanical wings. I made all her like armor 
for her leg armor and stuff for her chest plate. And so she's at the gorilla position and Triple H made her take it off. It's like you sit there and get the story and you're just sitting there going like, Becky, <laughs> I need you to take this thing uh, off. Uh, uh, I don't need you to sit there and let the wigs, uh, get wear the wigs. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. Who made this costume? Who signed off on it? I don't it? like it. Uh, you got to take it off. Uh, did Vince, did Vince <laughs> sign off on this? I'll be bad. Terrible. Let me say something crazy will happen, and maybe one day I'll take it over. Then we'll let you do the wings, Becky. But you know, Vince won't let us go out with that kind of crazy cosplay type stuff. That's why we can't have Finn Balor be Venom. Uh. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she was he, she was she was at the gorilla position. He made her take it off, and you know that was when Charlotte she came out. Her the costume she wore that night. It had like 10,000 rhinestones on it, individually placed. I mean, it was freaking beautiful. Of course. Um, but, you know, they didn't... Honestly, our costume for Becky was it, it upstage. So, I understand. They, yeah. they, I get it. But um, I was so mad. I was so mad. Man, that, that's... Well, you could just redeem yourself by helping me make the Peacock Charlotte Flair outfit. No, no. Screw no. Charlotte. No, no, I'm scared. I love Charlotte Flair. Actually, love actually, Andrea, I think you might make a really decent, uh, like, uh, Nikki Cross. Okay. Oh, my God. But, like, a dark Nikki Cross. Like, I've been begging for a while, and they kind of did the dark black and gold superhero outfit. But, like, I need to see them do, like, a crazy... Nikki Dobson, uh, Nikki, <laughs> Nikki figure. Well, no, because she used to go by crazy. I think it was crazy Nikki Dawson before she got WWE and got NXT. And even when she was running around with the other guys, and one of the guys, of course, being Big Damo, her husband, you know, she was running around just being crazy. I mean, she had a match with ladder match with Oscar, but like she jumped off the table and went through the table with her. Like, and that, not many women would do that. Like, go to the table willingly with anybody, especially Oscar. At that time, because they booked her as a killer in NXT, she was whooping everybody. Oh man, Oscar! Like, if if Triple H ever booked Oscar like she was booked at NXT, man, like unstoppable. Oscar just all of a sudden takes all the women's belts. Oh, yeah, <laughs> unstoppable. But no, actually, no, you're right. Actually, I could see her as uh, Nikki Cross. That's more of a Nikki Cross type, but give her like the like maybe. Give her like a black outfit, but make her more super villainous, mm-hmm. and like kind of to where she's not quite stable. Like she's still trying to convince you she's the superhero everybody needs. But she's not exactly looking like the superhero everybody needs. She's like being very villainous, very heelish in the way she does things. I think that would be that would be something really cool for Nikki Nikki Ash, which I still don't like that name. I'm like almost a superhero. Like no, like yeah. either either give her the feud with Molly Holly. Or stop this whole fifth superhero thing. Like, I, oh, yeah. they had the chance to do it at uh, Royal Rumble last year when Molly and her were both in the ring, and they didn't pull the trigger on it. So I'm like, okay, we're not getting that feud. Why we still got to be in a superhero? We're not gonna get that feud because Molly Holly would be the one person that's Mighty Molly to come in and be like, look, you're not the superhero everybody thinks you need. You know, you're not the super-. and at least that in the Rainia. Like that'd be a good little match between the old and the new. You that know. would be, and then and honestly, Holly, like she, she could still go. Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah. You know, so yeah, that would be good. So any, I want to ask this question now because we're just on kind of we're just we're in the overtime section. <laughs> uh, won't keep us on too much longer, but anything. Any right. exciting shows? Uh, I started watching before we got started. I started watching She Hulk, and I was sitting there going like, "This looks a lot better than I thought it was going to when they first did the first little trailer for it." Like, they really worked hard to make this look better. Uh, I think the big problem a lot of people aren't realizing is we haven't had a large woman in CG as a main character in hardly any of these Marvel productions. So when they're sitting there talking about, oh, well, CG doesn't look, She-Hulk doesn't look that good compared to like Hulk. And I'm like, well, how many Hulk movies have we had? I mean, let's go back to Ang Lee. Ang Lee's Hulk. Movie. Right. Ang right. Lee's Hulk movie, the CG wasn't good at all in that one. Like, it was bad. No. It was, Hulk was barely in it. <laughs> and so you go from that to now, it's like, yeah, it took a lot of years to get the Ruffalo Hulk. You know, it took a lot of time. Um, I, I, I think, so, you know, the first episode was great. Listen, this, the CG is still going to be a little wonky, no huh. matter what. You have to kind of take yourself out of it and just look at the acting, look at the story. However, I'm so glad that they're taking this the route of how they're doing Thor and they're not they're not taking it so seriously. Um, like She-Hulk in the comics was never she never she was a serious character but she still was kind of the comic relation. She still was a strong archetype but she was confident but she, again she had fun. Yeah, and that's that's how this series looks like it's going to be. Like I think she's she's still going to have her adversity like throughout the series. Maybe you know with the legal firm and trying to find out you know who she really is. But it's still just going to be a fun series. I I think this is probably next to Loki. I think this is probably going to be one of the most popular MCU series. Okay, I really enjoyed Scarlet Witch. Oh, I love Scarlet Witch. I thought Scarlet Witch. Was oh awesome. yeah, Scarlet Witch was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, honestly, Marvel, Marvel across the board. I don't. They, they've, they've done wrong. Like they, they know what they're doing. They, they have this down. They have, you know, they're 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 thinking ten steps ahead. So they, they're making sure their you know, eyes are dotted and T's are crossed and. So they're they're they know here's hoping that Warner Brothers actually figures out how to keep Ezra Miller from acting a fool long enough to get the Flashpoint movie. That's not gonna happen, man. Listen, <laughs> you know what? At this point, you might as well release that movie, and then that, and that's the thing with DC. I I'm just I, I'm I'm happy to see these characters brought to life, but I wish that. DC was more like Marvel, where they had a, a cohesive vision and a plan, because, yeah. and a plan. Because I want to see, I, man, I want to see all these crossovers. I want to see the multiverse. I want to see Michael Keaton's Batman, you know, with Henry Cavill's Superman at one point. I want to see, I want to see all that. I want to see Flashpoint. I want to see everything. But everyone, it's just too many chefs in the kitchen. There's too many yeah. people wanting to have their own vision and no one wants to like see a bigger picture yeah, yeah. and they owe ray fisher an apology by the way 
Like, I think that's one of the things they need to do oh, in yeah. the new administration. They need to go, they need to reach out to Ray Fisher and just be like, you know what? I'm sorry that the people prior to us didn't really buy into what you were saying. We understand the situation now. When the Buffy cast came out against Whedon, that was should have been the end of it right there. Like that should have been right. there should have been no discussion any further. Like Ray Fisher should still be working for DC for Warner. But yeah. Like, oh, you caused too much trouble for us because you said something about this one director. I'm like, meanwhile, Ezra Miller's just right here being uh freaking Eobard Fawn out here, being reverse flash all over the place. Dude, there was a meme that someone did, like they, you know, they changed the color scheme of his flash outfit. It was it was reverse flash. It was hilarious. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, you know what? To be a hundred percent honest with you, if Warner Brothers, if if they were self-aware enough, that honestly would be the perfect route to go. Yeah. Like if they if they could do that and flip this and say like, starting right now, we're rebooting this, and let's turn him into reverse. And like, man, I would respect the heck out of that. Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. Because here's the thing: uh, you you take you take the guy that you have positioned as the hero. And, oh gosh, what's the name of that movie? Denzel Washington movie, '90s movie. It's the one where the like it, he starts off the movie and he says, "I almost died today," and it's the criminal guy, and the spirit keeps getting passed around from person to person. Oh, uh, the song. Uh, ah, 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 yeah. Um, shoot. Um, like a one-word title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Dan, Dan Miller, who was Roseanne's, played the played the uh, the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And Damn, uh, what was the name of that movie? Anyway, so like that whole concept would be interesting if it's, Ezra Miller starts off the movie with, you know. Today was today. I almost lost everything, and you go through the whole entire thing. You go through the whole movie, and da, 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 and then they play it back at the end, and you realize it's been from Thawne's perspective the whole time. Yeah, at the very end, you see him ripping out of the red and into the yellow, and it's like today was today. Falling. I almost lost falling. There we go. Okay. I almost lost everything, and that's how it ends. But that would be amazing. And then all of a sudden, Grant Gustin just shows up. He's like, "What just happened?" And, and then he they, he becomes the new Flash. That's how they so, did it. Yep. I, yeah, dude, one hundred percent. I would be on board with that. I guarantee you, that would be a hit. People would because again, you're you, we're we're living in a day and age where, unfortunately, I mean, I don't want to say unfortunately, but it's hard to separate the art. And the artist. Yeah. So when someone, when the artist is fucking, sorry, when the artist is messing up in real life, you kind of have to, you have to acknowledge that. You have to recognize that because the audience is going to respond to it. So when you're self aware enough to say, listen, this, this artist, even though if he apologizes, even if they are, you know, getting, on the right track, you have to you have to bring that to the forefront. You have to you know you have to recognize it. So yeah, I I, I think that would be a brilliant idea. Andrea, any thoughts on this? <laughs> we just got to we just got to start talking. Oh no, it's fine. Um, I actually don't watch like a whole lot of the DC 
in Marvel shows. Like, I'm not caught up with Marvel. I'm a terrible nerd, I know. Um, I'm more like... I'm preoccupied a lot more lately with like my true crime documentaries and stuff like that. I know a new um, season of My Life is Murder with Lucy Lawless just dropped and I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this coming Sunday, I'm really excited about House of Dragons premiering. I'll be in Georgia, oh, wow. but so I don't think I'll be able to watch the premiere, but you bet i'm gonna watch it when i get home i'm very excited about it exactly. uh i get to catch up on primal uh it's the second season of the giddy tadakoski cartoon uh that he's been doing with warner or on hbo max where it's basically imagine a caveman who loses his family to a bunch of crazy dinosaurs and then another dinosaur a t-rex that is a mom that ends up losing her children to another crazy dinosaur and kind of them coming together. But here's the thing that's really cool about it. There aren't a whole lot of audible words. It's just a lot of the sounds of nature. It's the sounds of the animals. It's the sounds of the herds. There's not like a whole lot of like, quote, human interaction. Like there's, uh, but it's, I think it's Fang is a dinosaur and Spear is a human. And so it's kind of this idea that they're working together to survive in this world that's it kind of goes weird because the first season is de- definitely more them trying to figure out how to survive. The second season is them kind of becoming prey to the environment because they meet a girl. He meets a girl at the very end of the first season and she gets kidnapped. Like literally started episode one, season two. He's trying to figure out how to get to the girl. And like he says the girl's name. That's the only time you hear him speak beforehand. And so, like, he tries to figure out how to go. Like, he literally jumps in the way and tries to run over. But, of course, he gets slashed back into the – because the water's just going – the current's coming inland. So he's trying to swim on his own because that's all he knows to do. And, like, all of a sudden, like, he starts trying to figure out how to build a raft. And then he has to get this big old T-Rex on the raft with him. <laughs> he can't leave the T-Rex behind like his partner. Wait, what the heck are you watching, man? Oh, my I God. Probably like, I know, but – oh, my God. Yeah, it, oh my gosh, dude. If you ever get a chance to watch it, it's on HBO Max. I think you can get it other ways as well, but I'm hoping they do an art book for it. Uh, Gideon Tadakoski, of course, is the guy that did like Samurai Jack and stuff like that. And so uh, as far as the animation stuff goes, this is incredible. Like the level of detail on the creatures is beautiful, the shadowing, the color environments and all that stuff is just really neat. But then also it's the fact that they're telling a lot of the story without a narrator without a person going and today we went no like you don't get that it's you have to watch it you have to be it's almost like you'll be on the edge of your seat watching it so it's kind of like watching wally where you experience the storyline and you get it without actual dialogue right there's nobody sitting there telling you like and fang went over the hill and a bunch of t-rex a bunch of uh, raptors chase up no you just the raptors show up And then yeah, the right. like, yeah. It's, 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 it's great. It's a great series. And so the second season, I think it's officially dropped the last episode. So I get to go catch up on that Sunday. That'll be what I do Sunday is go catch up on, on, on that show. All right. Good deal. I'm mean, I'll check it out. All right. Crumble. Yeah. And it's, oh my gosh. If you like Samurai Jack, you'll love this. Like, 
Oh yeah. If they okay. could figure out a way to get Samurai Jack crossed over into it, I would be down. I could be like, what? Okay. Because that it like I would be honest. If you watched the last season of Samurai Jack, it felt like a lot of because a lot of moments in the fifth season of Jack, you really didn't get a whole lot of talking. You got some, but you most of it was just action. That's kind of what this is, but take it to the next level. So. All right. I okay. gotta ask just because this came up on my feed. So have you guys seen the preview for Netflix's show Wednesday, the new Adams family casting? I saw the teaser trailer for it. I've not seen the new trailer yet. I didn't realize I dropped the new trailer. Yeah, that's the, that's the teaser trailer, I guess is what okay. I meant. Mike, have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What are your guys' thoughts on the casting? I like the, so I, I'm very, when it comes to casting, I'm very weird in the sense of, I value everyone's choices. So to me, in my vision, my personal vision, like Ryle Julia will always be, you know, Gomez. Right. And like that, that cast to me was like the perfect outcome. That's my vision, right. But I, I understand this cast vision and like the original, like how the Adams family was first envisioned to be kind of the like Gomez was to be the the not so attractive person. You know, you understand what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I, yeah, it's more it. of the part, cartoon base where he's like more short and stout. Right. Yeah. So I I get that vision. So I I will never knock anyone's vision of like casting because that's. You know, everyone has their own fan art and their own vision of what they want to portray. Um, yeah. So, no, I, I dig it. I dig it. And actually, the trailer, for you know, it was fun. And yeah, is, it, I, is, I, it in the, is it Christina Ricci in the show as well? Yes. Uh, yeah. Christina Ricci is in the show. She played, of course, Wednesday in that movie series. Yeah. I'm saying she's in the show. I don't know who she's playing, but she's in the show as well. Yeah, I'm, I kind of have that because I grew up with Gomez as like this suave, you know, fencing, attractive, like rom- romantic guy. So like that's my idea, like Rohalia, like he was, he's the Gomez for me. Like no one will ever be able to top him. I feel like, it's what people want versus like what we got and people are comparing it to like the wish edition um i really enjoyed the trailer so before like when i just saw the original casting things i'm like well that's an interesting casting choice you know especially like seeing like morticia and gomez and Wednesday and pugsley like it's different it's not obviously what i would have done i feel like there might have been better choices, but obviously these people were picked for a reason to to portray the character. So while I might not like, like, hmm, that's an interesting casting choice, I'm still going to watch it and give it a chance because like, who knows, I might end up loving it. Like, I mean, it looks fantastic. 
you know, I'm not saying I'm completely sold on it, but there's obviously a reason that these casting choices were made. So I'm like going into it with like an open mind and I'm like, yeah. okay, let's, let's see, you know. Yeah. In any kind of, in any kind of casting situation, I go two points. Number first one is I ask, is there a better casting that you like? Or is there a better portrayal that you like? And if you say yes, then I say, okay, well, you still have that. You always have that. Right. Right. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, if you say no, then I say, then do better. Yeah. Like, this is someone else's vision. If you don't like it, hey, man, do your own fan film. Right. Do, no. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, you absolutely make good points. I was just saying, like, I'm not sold on it, but I'm giving it a chance because I feel like there's a reason that these people were casted as these characters. So, like, I'm just intrigued to see, like, what they'll do. But you are absolutely right when you say, like, you know, hey, if you think you could do better, do it. Yeah. Well, like, a perfect example of that, watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I recently rewatched it, uh, I didn't think, you know, when I heard Carl Lumley was being cast as uh, Isaiah Bradley. I was like, this is an interesting take because, yeah, he's an old man, but I don't know that he could portray that strength that he, that character had until he actually did it. And then when he did it, I was just like, okay, I'm sold. Because I honestly thought, like, first of all, rest in peace, Michael Clark Duncan, because I feel like if Michael Clark Duncan had been alive, that would have been a perfect role for him. Uh, since we couldn't get Michael Clark Duncan, I felt like Ben Rames would have been a really good option as well, because again, one thing that's interesting about the Isaiah Bradley character is he's a large man with a soft interior. He's very big outside and looks intimidating, but because he's a little bit more mentally challenged due to what the syrup did to him, he's a little bit more, I'm not going to say childlike, but he's definitely not yeah. fully. No, I, but when I, I, I thought he would do it, call, I was like, okay, never mind. I'm done. Like he was perfect. Right. Sometimes. Sometimes you have to look at, I mean, man, you take so many castings and it's not about the physical stature. I mean, look at Wolverine. Look at Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Look at freaking, look at, look at, look at uh, Christopher Reeve as Superman. Look at Heath Ledger as the Joker. Um, sometimes it's not about like the physical features or stature. Literally, it's about the acting portrayal. Like, if you can, act your butt off and make you believe that yeah that's that's how that character would be exactly how you you just said like carl he's not a huge huge guy but his portrayal was so sympathetic and he still felt like yeah in, in his prime he probably was this powerful big dude you know yeah but now he's older He's disgruntled. He's just mad. And, but yet at the end, he was sympathetic towards, you know, Sam. And he kind of, you know, he kind of said, all right, like Sam is a good dude. Yeah. I don't know. The whole portrayal was perfect to me. I, I, I would, I would love to see a, a, a one shot of Isaiah Bradley when he's in the suit. Yeah. His heyday. Like just a, just like one mission that he did, you know, like when him, like when him and Winter Soldier faced off. Right, that would be awesome. That. 
Yeah. That would just be, yeah, that would be just a one shot. Just one shot. I would love to see that. So yeah. maybe maybe that's another cosplay project for you. You could be Isaiah Bradley, Captain America with Shield and the I already did it. Oh, okay. Well then I missed that one. I gotta look at the pictures. Yep, he's done. I'm I did actually I, I did both versions. So I did the cap where he's like World War Two, Isaiah Bradley, and like the kind of BDUs. And then I did the the Isaiah Bradley where he's actually in like the full Captain America outfit. Gotcha. I'm still waiting on you on doing the uh, gender bent Zena, Michael. I I do want to do it. I that's that's on the to do list. Yeah, I know. He could just he could just be uh he could, he could come out as Zeus from old school WWE days, but he has, he has, he has, he has to you have to figure out how to do the eyes though. That's the only problem. Like I don't know how I don't I couldn't keep my eyes like his that long. Wait. From Zeus from the Xena series? No, no, no. I'm talking Zeus, the old WWF, WCW wrestler Zeus. The team double I've, I've, man, I've already done that too. Yeah. Jeez, I missed a bunch. <laughs> Dude, bruh, bruh, you missed a lot. Yeah, I, I, so yeah, because here's the thing I always got that I look like him. I look like Debo. Like, Every every time I post a photo, I'm like, oh my god, that's Debo cosplaying or whatever. So anyway, so one year, so I find I I did Zeus. That was my first one. So yeah, I, I you know painted the Z on my head, and then I just did one contact for like the kind of the dead eye. Yeah. Um, and you know made that made the costume. So I did Zeus, and then my second Tiny Lister costume, I did Debo, actual Debo Friday. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I'm about to go back and look through some little pictures. Yeah. Dude, I, you know what, I honestly, I was, just, just just Google Night Mage Zeus. Yeah. I think my thing was I love like especially you guys. It's like Mortal Kombat stuff that y'all did together. It is a Masters of the Universe stuff that y'all did together. I was just like, there's a lot going on there. Really awesome stuff there. So. So I, I <laughs> we can't we can't really talk about much. Okay. Yeah. But. Um, because of the Mortal Kombat stuff, specifically like that Mortal Kombat shoot, because it blew up. Like I don't know, I don't even know how or why that blew up. How it did? Street Fighter? Huh? Was it Mortal Kombat or was it Street Fighter that blew up? No, it was the the Mortal Kombat is the one that ended up making Yahoo News. Okay, that's right. Um. Because of that shoot, and then we, you know, we did the Street Fighter shoot after that, and then uh, me and Brooke um, did the did the, the the Conan Barbarian and Red Sonia and, and Andre was there helping with that. So we're we're actually we're going to Atlanta to do some stuff next week. Okay, and can't really talk about what we're doing because it's we're under NDAs, but it's. You'll see. It, it's it's gonna be ridiculous. Please tell it's me ridiculous. Please tell me and y'all are gonna do cosplay as gargoyles from the dark Disney series, Disney series, TV cartoon series, the gargoyles. And like she's gonna get to be Demona, and you're gonna get to be Goliath. Like you, so, you, you wait, know. you know I've done Goliath, right? That it. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's. Done I, it. Although, I would be definitely open to doing 
the, the Lady Gargoyle. I used to watch it as a kid. I just don't remember a whole lot of it. Yeah. Well, it's on Disney Plus now, but, I mean, yeah, like, that's probably one of my favorite cartoons ever growing <laughs> up. All right. Well, I need you to go to his page and just take a good scroll. Just, yeah. yeah. Well, sure. Like I was coming in, I thought I thought I was doing good to get the entry level stuff. I didn't realize I was just getting started into the rabbit hole. So I'm not gonna lie, one of the it's not a pet peeve, but my phone is getting bogged down where like literally I'll post something and someone says, Oh man, you should do this costume. And then I gotta go to Facebook, I gotta, I gotta save the photo, and then I'm like, I've already done this costume. Like I so literally my phone is just resave photos because people keep saying, Well, you should do this costume. And I'm like, I've already done this costume. So, I've already done this. Yeah. So, so you know what that means, right? Whenever somebody says you should do this costume, now you should just be like, you know what? Here's a better idea. Go buy the cosplay of Nightmade book that I got out with all the pictures of all the cosplays I've done. And then you can have it on your bookshelf. And then that way you know so, you got bruh, them, you got them all that is that is an excellent idea, and I, I, I'm, I'm actually thinking about doing that. Like a, a night. So here's the problem with that, though, is once I put that book out, it's going to be like you know, like 350 different. You're going to have to do multiple volumes of it because you're going to keep right, reading. right, exactly. It's like volume one and volume two and. Volume 58. Yeah. The early years of Night Age. And then you just go through the first 10 volumes and it's like the current age. Actually, the golden so, age. What do you what do you think? Like would would it be better, honestly, now now that I'm thinking about it now? So would it be better to do a like so when I when I have my prints, I break them up into like cartoons, anime, video games, movies and TV, and uh, comics. Yeah. Right. Totally do that. Would it be would it be better to do like a comic volume and a video game volume? Yep, because then that way everything that you're doing is under that umbrella. So and you could have, you know, whatever friends are there. And of course you work out whatever agreements with them. Like if you got an injury on the thing, it's like, okay, I'm gonna pay you X amount of dollars for each shot based off the total amount of the books that sell or whatever. Or here's your commission on a Yearly basis, I'm gonna cut oh, you a check wait, once a year for wait, 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 wait. First of all, I ain't paying no one nothing. You might listen, you might get a high five. <laughs> okay. uh, you might get a thank you. I don't know. I ain't paying no money. <laughs> I mean, I, I to go to conventions. That's that's how I get yeah. I'll buy you some I'll buy you a happy meal. Kickstarter. Listen, Pokemon Pokemon cards are back in uh, Happy Meals right now, so I'm good with that. All right, all right. <laughs> That's a deal. That's a deal. Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, yeah, that would be a better idea. I mean, just to go in from the standpoint of each set of things. Okay. You do a set, you go that way, and it's just like, hey, this, is, this first volume is going to be the comic book one. It's going to be X amount of pages. It's gonna be this. If you do the, if you do it, say you kickstart it. Okay, I got prints. I got uh, bookmarks with some of the pictures on there. I've got opportunities for you to sit down with me and go one on one and talk about cosplay for an hour or thirty minutes or whatever. What did I just talked to you about. You did, yeah. Yeah. See. 
I'm trying to get that too because I had a problem. I had a bunch of kids' books that I had published with Amazon, and then Amazon because I had a sketchbook up there that they didn't like. They took down all my books. So they just take down the one that they didn't like. They took all of them down, and I've been I've fought for a month trying to get somebody that's human on the line to be like, hey. Mm-hmm. Can I get my stuff back and I can just take this book off of there? I can't get a human being to save my life. So what I'm doing is now I'm working on trying to do it to where all of my books are going to be under one big book. And then if you're like, I'll release it myself, I'll sell it. You can come to me and do that. Speaking of books, that's actually a project that I have started working on. I am going to be writing like a true crimey thriller book. And I'm going, my goal is to finish it, maybe publish it. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Is it is it true crime like based on a uh, based on an actual story or just a fictional story? I think it's going to be a fictional story. I'm still coming up with like the plot and everything. Um, so I, mean, I guess it's going to be more fiction thriller than anything. Listen, you live in Youngstown. There's a lot of stories you can kind of draw inspiration from. Listen, I know, and I might have to pick your brain about that. So, right. Exactly. That's, that's awesome. And you know, that's the thing, because that's the thing about, especially with the world of rent media wow. right now, you've got opportunities to do so many things. Like I said, Kickstarter, you can go through Kickstarter and probably have, if you just did the comic book one, you didn't do another one, just the comic book first. And then all you did was say, hey, I will autograph the, first, the early birds. I will autograph and do a personalized message for the early birds to come in. You know, how many ever early birds come in that first 24 hours, I will autograph messages to you in the books myself. And then I'll send them out to you. That's all they can get in for the first 24 hours. I dig it. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just a way to market yourself. And, and then eventually people won't be asking you like, hey, did you... Did you, you know, cosplay as the last? Because they'll be like, I got the book. Hang on. I remember right here. <laughs> uh, people, no, people will still ask. But no, no, that's that's actually a really good idea. And uh, I, it, my problem is a part of me is motivated. The other part is very lazy. Um, I just, because I have so much other stuff going on. So, and Andrea <laughs> is a terrible, terrible manager. Hey. <laughs> I discussed this with you. Terrible manager. Oh dear. Yeah, I, he doesn't keep me updated on anything, and I don't have access to anything, so it's kind of hard to manage him. Ah. Uh, yeah. So. Well, it sounds like uh, an interesting opportunity. Uh, we just gotta, you know, get to the point where we're actually figuring out a way to make the things happen. <laughs> it will happen. Not, you know what? Not honestly, you motivated me. You have motivated me, sir. Thank you. Woo-hoo. I dig that. That's part of what we do. We we do All conversations, right. we talk, and we inspire. So that's a, that's an important thing. So uh, it's been fun. Uh, y'all shared already where you get to say decide. So we're gonna go ahead and wrap it here. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. I hope uh, me and Nightmare get the chance to do some wrestling talk at some point in the near future. Yes, let's uh, do it. So. Uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, all ladies, you have just joined me for an awesome conversation with Andre Gura and Mike May, talking cosplay, talking wrestling, talking uh, all sorts of stuff. And um, 
Thank you for joining us. And above all else, guys, do me a favor. Be blessed. You're blessed. We saw a lot of guys.